Given an almost impossible task to complete, Casti and Saya must dig deep in order to retrieve what the Dark Woman truly wants. Because you have a full night's sleep, you are going to recover all of your strain, and you can do a medicine roll to recover from that wound from the wasps. All right. So, great. So, full strain, and I got one success on my medicine roll and one advantage. So, I easily heal the one point of wounds that I have. Yes. So, when you wake up in the morning, Castian, the Dark Woman is gone. But all of your items are still there, including the maps that you noted that you had bone prepare beforehand. I'm turning on the data pad and I'm looking for geothermic readings to see if there's any in the valley. Bone's map did not find any sign of geothermal activity in the valley itself. This is a very green, peaceful valley, not a place where you're going to find lava vents by any means. But beyond the mountains at the north end of the valley, maybe another days or two trek into the mountains, there are signs of geothermal activity. Not volcanoes, and the map isn't detailed enough to give you any more information other than there is sign of activity there. And Castian is going to gather his items, make sure he has plenty of supplies... And then he's going to, uh, you know, he's also going to whistle for Nile to see if the cat wants to come with him. Nile, I got, well, it's not your name, but I'll name you on the way. Uh, I got something for you. I got some treats. Give me another survival check. I'm going to give you a boost die because the cat does have a taste for that charred bird. This is going to be an average difficulty. I'm going to upgrade it once. I got one success, but two threats. The Nile does come, but it has a hungry look in its eyes. You're going to have to keep it fed or it's going to leave okay. or possibly eat you. No, we're going to bond on this one. Castian is going to, yeah, take the Nile with him. Uh, occasionally, Castian might have to stop to hunt. But, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, he likes the company and he's already made his letter to Cerise Novella and he needs an audience, so... Uh, Castian's going to walk with the cat and occasionally just really what the cat's representing is Castian likes to talk to things like it, talking to himself is weird. He already acknowledged, but he likes to talk to bone. I mean, so the cat's kind of the, uh, is a new bone. So I can't call you bone. Uh, what about uh, oh, tusks? Tusk. Tusk. Because you got tusk. What do you think? Wow. Morrow. Morrow. I like it. Morrow. Wow. Come on, Morrow. You're keeping me anchored. So this is going to be a three days journey, and I want to basically montage this. Great. So the first day is just to get to the other end of the valley. What does this day look like for you, Castian? It's actually very peaceful. This valley is, once you kind of start getting a hang of things, Castian knows, you know, like, oh, don't touch that vine because it actually has a slit down the middle. That's actually a Nessie. Yes, it's not Nessie, it is a Nessie. And he, he knows like what kind of to look for, for like, even if a, like a log looks uh, sturdy, he knows uh, that if it's white along the edges, that means actually a lot older than it seems and, it, it, and it's prone to falling. So Cassian's kind of getting a hang of this place. So it, the trek through this valley is somewhat peaceful. Yep, 
and is not going to require a roll. There is also plenty of food, both for you and for Morrow. Morrow, come on. Day two is trekking across the mountains through a very narrow pass. There's no vegetation here. The animals are few and far between. So I'm going to need you to make your survival roll here. Difficulty? Average upgraded once. And can I use Morrow as a possible resource to help me hunt? I will give you a boost die for that. One success, two uh, threats. With one success, you are able to make it through the mountain pass. You are able to find enough supplies for yourself in order to keep yourself fed, hydrated. However, a couple of hours in, Morrow sits down and will not move. Mario, come on. Uh, come on. Uh, do you want a little bit more food? Food? I, got, I, I killed that rat thing. It looked like a giant tumor, but it still it tastes pretty good. Mario pulls its lips back, revealing more of the razor-sharp teeth that line its mouth. Uh, fine, 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 fine. Go. You, you are a very good companion. I will see you later, I'm sure. And he just kind of waves off the creature. It doesn't leave. It stays sitting, rooted in its spot. Cassian narrows his eyes, looks around, and then says, All right, well... You keep this part of the pass clear. I will be back in a few days. Um, and he actually is going to toss, like, uh, like rip off one of the legs of the dead creature and toss it towards the thing. Enjoy. I'll see you a little bit later, Morrow. And as you turn back to continue through the pass, dark storm clouds begin to gather above. And your nose itches with the scent of sulfur. Oh, of course. No, no one in Morrow doesn't want to keep on going, and Castian's going to push on through. Day three. You are trudging through a drizzling rain. And the rain is not refreshing. In fact, the rain seems to amplify that sulfuric smell as if it's coming from the water itself. Your canteen was well filled before you reached here, which is a good thing, because you don't think you should drink this water. Cassian's going to be very light on sipping his flask, but he's just going to go back to his survival training that he got from the Inquisition, and he's just going to keep on going. He's going to find a source of lava somewhere. He's looking for caves, anything. Rather suddenly, this mountainous topography flattens out. And you are on another rocky plateau that stretches for at least a mile in every direction in front of you. There is some scraggly scrub brush that grows up from in between cracks in the rock, but otherwise there's no greenery and you don't see signs of animal life. What you do, however, hear over the pitter-patter of the sulfuric rain hitting the rock is a thick, almost gelatinous, bubbling sound. Castian is going to be very light on his feet, but he's going to investigate to see what this is. And as you step farther out on the plateau, you see bits that appear to be in shadow. Although if you look up, there's nothing to cast a shadow. And when you get a little bit closer, you realize the bubbling is coming from those shadowy places, which are actually tar pits. Oh, that's just, this is the perfect place to find the light side. He's going to climb down and he's going to look for a cavern. You find a hole in the ground 
that's the best you're going to be able to find in this open plateau. But it's about two feet in diameter. It's going to be a tight fit. You're going to have to pull yourself in very tightly. And of course, Castian, you're not a big fan of dark, tight places. Castian lets it aside, then he's going to evaluate the walls of this hole, much like he used to do when he was a kid. Castian was pushed through veins in an asteroid, so he knows when rock is unstable and dangerous. But if he thinks it's fine and sturdy, he's going to give it a try. He's going to slip through. Because of this background, you don't need to make a roll for this. The ground looks very stable here. It just doesn't look like a place you want to be. Castian mumbles, oh, this is just a fun little exercise. And he's going to shimmy his way down. And shimmy you do. It is not graceful. It is not dignified. And your claustrophobia is definitely nipping at your heels. Do you shimmy down face first or feet first? He's not an amateur. He's going feet first. Okay. And after maybe... 10 minutes of climbing down, you can still see a light above you when you tilt your head back slightly. So you've not gone so deep that you can't see your escape route. Your feet hit solid ground and you kick around a little bit and it seems that you've found an opening. Uh, Castian is going to slip on through, land and hoping this cavern is a lot bigger and he's pulling out of course he has like some glow sticks that he's like ripping out and just like shaking and trying and holding it up to see what's going on as you pull yourself down into the opening and start getting your glow sticks ready initially you're in an open space that's maybe five feet in diameter you have to stay hunched over as you're rifling through your pack but then you look up as you realize that there is a faint red glow coming through another corridor. Castian's going to drop one of the glow sticks near the hole because he doesn't want to lose where that was because he knows how easy it is to lose a hole in a cavern. And he's going to make sure it's there and can't be really moved quickly. And then he's going to walk off towards that glow. The tube that it goes through is one that you're going to drop down onto hands and knees in order to get through. It's not as tight as the one that you came down in, but it's still very small and narrow. The walls are smooth but rippled. Ah, Castian knows exactly what this is. This is a lava vein. As you recognize that this is a lava vent, Castian, you're reminded of a previous time that you had to excavate through lava tubing with Talvi. Ah, of course, when they brought us over to that moon. Hardly a moon, Castian mumbles, as he recalls. He mostly was on asteroids, but occasionally he was a part of a mining company. They didn't really ask his permission or wait for volunteers when they had another mission. But he remembered there was a moon that had recently had a giant impact done on it. And that opened up a lot of like uh, of the molten core. So they were sending people in to map some of these new veins. Castian shakes his head. That was fun, wasn't it, Talvi? He mumbles to himself as he keeps on crawling. Mm -hmm. I don't like the smell of this, Castian. You hear Talvi's voice. Castian pauses, crawling through this vent, takes a breath, and then he just he responds as he pushes himself to, to continue. I don't know what to tell you, Talvi. You know, it's not like we 
have a choice in the matter. And he's having a flashback, but it's he's kind of reliving it. He's just acting the part. He's not like seeing anything, but he remembers the dialogue they were having. It's getting a little tight here, though. A little dark for my taste. But no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Of course you will be. Ugh, not you, not you, not you, not you, not right now, right now. Of course we'll be fine. Yes, yes. Could you sing the song? I don't want to sing the song. Oh, come on, it's always better for us to sing. I'll start. If you look at a hut, you are looking through the butt. Ha, 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 ha. If you look at a hut, you are looking at a butt. Ha, 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 ha. If you're looking at a hut, you are looking at a butt. And you ha, can't ha, laugh ha, and ha, you ha, can't ha. sigh, but just... If you're just, looking at a hut, you're looking at a Everybody knows that ha, he ha, is ha, going ha, to lie, lie, lie. And then they just kind of are singing a stupid song. Uh, and it's really just... It's Castian alone in a cavern in real life. He's just kind of... Mm-hmm. This is in his head. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Castian is hearing Talvi. And he's just kind of feeling this impromptu song that Castian and Talvi used to sing as kids. As they used to go through these dark things. It's a it's a coping thing that Castian does to, uh, to push away his claustrophobia. And by the power of song, you push through. Finally exiting the small lava vent into the main lava chamber. It is a vast chamber that smells overwhelmingly of sulfur. It is oppressively hot. And you have just a narrow ledge here standing on cooled lava, essentially, as in this the center of this chamber is a giant pool of flaming lava. Okay, Castian, be smart. How do you get still flaming lava? Use the force, pick it up, keep on rotating it. Yes, for three days straight. That's brilliant, Castian. Give me a round of applause. Still flaming. Doesn't mean it didn't cool. It just needs to be flaming when it finds her. Castian is not going to try to figure out a way to get the lava. Is there any, like, cooled lava around him? Like a rock? It's what you're standing on. Yeah, Castian's going to chip off some of that, like a big hunk of it, and put it in a pack. And then he's looking towards his lightsaber and say, yes, yes, you can cool. You can cut through anything. Yeah, and Castian is going to throw that rock into his pack and look towards the chamber, towards this almost hellscape. And he's going to just kind of shudder as, as he gets out. As it, It's almost drawing up a memory that he doesn't want to relive. And he's going to quickly just crawl back out get out of this hole as quickly as uh, possible. Even ignoring, like, maybe Talvi will try to start singing his part again, but no, Castian doesn't want to sing anymore. He just wants to get out. And because you left a glow stick at the base of the vent that you first climbed in, you're able to get back there. Castian climbs out, but he's also looking for uh, any larger stones that kind of have a basin in the middle, uh, something he can carry with him. It's going to be heavy, but he wants to look for something that can be used as kind of a stone bowl. All right. Yeah, you'll find something. Uh, if not, he will make something yeah. with a lightsaber. So yeah, Castian's on his way back. When you reach the entrance to the mountain pass, Morrow is waiting for you. Morrow? As is the dark woman. Oh, you. He holds up a finger before she could say anything, because women love that. And he sets down the stone bowl, puts in the lava rock, and then he activates his blade. And he digs it right into the rock. And he's just going to slowly kind of stir it, heating it up until it's lava-ish. Ish. So I'm going to make you roll for this. Not lightsaber, because you, again, know how to wield a lightsaber. But this is precision lightsaber use. 
And not just that, it's basically a, a science test to make sure you're going at the right speed, the right force. Yeah, the, the, make sure that the rock is the right density. Like, this is a science experiment. Okay. So that's going to be an education test. <laughs> and Castian is known for his education. What is the difficulty? This is going to be average with a setback die, representing that you've had a bit of an arduous journey carrying some large rocks around with you. Uh, Castian's going to use a destiny point to uh, make one of those greens into a, a yellow. Three successes, one threat. You are absolutely able to create lava. But you misjudge the depth of your stone bowl a little bit, and your lightsaber actually pokes a hole through it, and some of the lava starts to spill through onto your boot. Oh, no, 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 Cassian's going to stomp on his boot. So take a wound. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then he's going to point towards the bowl, point towards the flames, and look towards the dark woman. Ah, still flaming lava. I'm a genius. It was not flaming when you first came through the pass. Well, it's still flaming now. I, I, there is no way to transport lava from there to here until then, unless I, I, I made it here. This, this is just a very unique way of, um, to, um... Are you going to count it against me? Come on now. I completed your little test. I mean, I, I don't know what it was exactly trying to teach me, but I, I did it, and I thought I, I was very creative in my approach. Perhaps. I mean, what else do you want me to do? I mean, what am I supposed to even be learning from this? I mean, am I learning uh, patience? Am I, I trying to channel the light side? I mean, I mean I've, I've done everything that you've asked, every test, and I've completed it. And it's driving me nuts because I, I don't feel any different. What is the, what am I trying to learn here? I have given you no tests. Well, these were tests. They were, you know, fine Nile, uh, jump a river, get lava. Like... If they weren't tests, what were they? They were options. Wait. Wait, they were options? No, no, you said do this, and I did it! Why? Because you told me to! Why would you listen to me? Because you're supposed to be teaching me how to be a Jedi! Cassian is very angry. You, you, you said that I needed to kill myself, the old Cassian, and then you started telling me to do these, these chores... And I started doing these... These were chores, weren't they? No, I have no need for lava. Then you just made me do this for no reason? What kind of psychopath are you? You're supposed to be a lightsider. What did I make you do? You didn't make me... You, you know this is a word game. This is... That, that is... You said I needed to change, and then you gave me these task these tests and i thought this was supposed to teach me how to change but what 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 what, what was i doing these for the world has not been fair to you has it castian oh no of course not it's never been fair i have not hesitated in sharing my opinion of that but what choice did you have exactly i had to do what i did to survive i had no choice no you have always had a choice. To be alive is to have choice. The choice was obvious, though. I mean, like, joining the Empire was the obvious decision. I had no other choice. I would have, it was either join the Empire or get killed for being a dark side user. That is a choice. 
the choices are not always pleasant. Sometimes we make bad choices in order to survive, but they are always choices. So, so the so what you're saying is, you were just trying to show me that I could have said no at any time. But why would you? You but you. I got lava. I just. I just want you to know that I named the Nile, and his name is Maro, so I hope that throws a little damper on your philosophy. So what's the point? What's, what, what, is your, what, what are you trying to tell me? That, that I, I need to start realizing I have options? Yes. And not just that you have options going forward, but you had options in your past. Survival is not something to be ashamed of. But you must recognize the choices you have made. You do not have to be at peace with them. But you must acknowledge that you made them. So I just need to accept that I've killed old men in temples and I've hurt people and I've ruined lives. And it was not because the galaxy is conspiring against you. It is because you, Castian Saya, made choices. But how do you even... That's a lot of guilt. I mean... Castian Saya honestly is kind of having a moment here. He's kind of rubbing at his head and says, I, I don't know what to say then. Am I not supposed to look back? Do I just say, those were my choices, that's what I did, I accept that, and just try to learn from them, or do I make amends? I mean, Castian kind of slumps down and rubs at his face. I tried to become a Jedi, because I don't think I have any choice. That's the problem. I'm grabbing onto the next thing without deciding. I'm just doing. So the question you're throwing at me, I suppose, though you're not asking it, is do I still choose to be a Jedi? Do I still choose? This is not the only option. I could run away. I could find another thing, but I have to choose. And I have to accept that choice. And I can't regret that choice. I have to choose that choice. Yes? Yes. You do not need to answer now. Follow me. And she turns. She doesn't look over her shoulder. She just turns on her heel and starts walking. I don't know if this is a test or a choice. Everything is a, a choice. choice. It's a choice, yes. And Castian's going to chase after her after a second or two. She walks you back deeper into the valley. Maybe 20, 30 minutes. She doesn't speak. Do you? No. Castian's actually... It's kind of a weird thing of... It's, it's oddly unsettling, the idea of just accepted that he chose to do all those things. And yes, he knows he chose to do all those things, but he always had those things to fall on back onto. Excuses. I had no I had no other option, but finally having something to shine something in his eyes and said, like, well, you could have died. You could have just decided to disobey an order, save that person, and yes, be killed, but that was a choice. It's it's a lot to kind of swallow. It's a lot to it's a lot of guilt that he has to kind of just kind of categorize. And at the end of the walk, the trees part. In fact, it literally feels like she's using the force to part the trees. And she brings you into a beautiful, breathtaking garden. After the 
darkness and the smell and the rain of the tar pits, this is like walking into Eden. The sun shines overhead. You hear bird song in the trees. The garden itself is a riot of color that at first glance has no rhyme or reason and then at second glance makes perfect logical sense and then as soon as you begin to grasp the patterns it's out of your reach again. Insects, honeybees and the like flit from flower to flower along with butterflies and ladybugs. As the dark woman walks in front of you through paths of the plants and the flowers, they seem to turn towards her like daisies follow the sun. It is perfect. Castian is going to be silent for a moment, and then he finally is going to say, This is beautiful. It is. I want to show you something. And she takes you to the center of the garden, where a large tree is growing. It is a pale imitation. The nitrous in the soil, the oxygen in the atmosphere, is not the right mix. But I do what I can. The seed grew from Ethor. Castian is looking up at this. It's giant tree. Ethor mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's not. It's like it's not as big as a Kashyyyk tree, clearly. But it's. Castian is just looking up, stunned. The seed was given to me by Mudonen. She and I found this place together. When I returned, I brought her with me. He nods his head slowly, and then reaches down and just runs his finger along the side of his hilt. She does tend to linger, doesn't she? Indeed. I'm really bad at making choices. I always feel that there's always conflict. I suppose that's why I just jump to one thing to another. Just, there's always something in my head just telling me to do something. I used to just always listen to it. Now I just do the opposite of it. It's not choice, I suppose. It's just... Retreat. You do not speak in metaphor, Castian. That voice is very real and very dark. Yes, it's the manifestation of like the dark side, I suppose. The madness, the, the taint that I carried with me. Yes, it is. And you cannot move forward with it taking up space in your mind. Well, what do you suggest? What meditations do I need? What... How do I... How do I silence it? You must confront it. And where do I do that? She points across her garden to the side of the mountain, side of this valley where the entrance to a dark cave stands. Go in there. You will be able to confront this entity there. You must go alone. Castian nods his head, and he's going to take off his survival pack that he's been carrying, but he's going to make sure that he has his flask, a ration or two, and then he's going to make sure his blaster is connected and he still has his lightsaber on him. You won't need those where you are going. Well, I've always found that be prepared is the best approach. Castian's going to ignore her warning and just go towards the cave. 
And as you approach the entrance to the cave, even though it is temperate and sunny in this garden, a chill overcomes you. Castian pauses as that chill slithers up his spine, that taste of the dark side. And Castian has been trying to avoid the dark side this entire time, but just getting a hint of it is enough to make him realize that he has missed it. And the dark side is all about fear, and there's sadness to it, but there's also power. And at Castian's moment of weakness right now, that guilt, that depression that he's trying to fight, that power is very enticing. Yes, Castian, it is high time that we meet. Castian pauses as he hears the voice. And he's not sure if he's scared to finally have that meeting, or if he's excited. Regardless, he continues on towards the cave. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Soloshot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were still stories waiting to be told. Force Majeure is an actual play Star Wars podcast, following groups of emergent Force sensitives trying to survive the worst the Outer Rim can throw at them. So if you like action, adventure, thrilling yarns and good tea, you might enjoy Force Majeure. Find us on Twitter at Force Majeure Pod or online at forcemajeurepod.com or wherever you find your podcasts.